Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. My name is Ed Peters. We move on today to verses 43 through 45 of Matthew chapter 12. In these verses, Jesus gives a most profound and startling parable. It is still directed toward the religious leaders that had been accusing him throughout the preceding verses of this chapter of being empowered by Satan. And it has to do with the attitude of neutrality toward God, or valueless reformation. Here, in these verses, Jesus continues to address the nation of Israel that had just rejected him as their Messiah. And here is what Matthew writes. This evil nation is like a man possessed by a demon. For if the demon leaves, it goes into the deserts, for a while, seeking rest, but finding none. Then it says, I will return to the man I came from. So it returns and finds the man's heart clean but empty. Then the demon finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and all enter the man and live in him. And so he is worse off then than before. Babylon's a-fallin', 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 Babylon's a-fallin', arise no more. Babylon's a-fallin', 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 Babylon's a-fallin', arise no more. Listen to the land. All a-cryin', listen to the land. All a-cryin'. Babylon's a-fallin', 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 Babylon's a-fallin', arise no more. Babylon's a fallen, a fallen, a fallen, Babylon's a fallen, arise no more. Fallen, 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 fallen. Oh, Babylon's a fallen, a fallen, a fallen, Babylon's a fallen, arise no more. Babylon's a fallen, a fallen, a fallen, Babylon's a fallen, arise no more. Did you ever see the light before? Babylon's a fallen, arise no more. King Jesus speaking to the poor. Babylon's a fallen, arise no more. Pure city. Babylon's a fallen, arise no more. Pure city. Babylon's a fallen, arise no more. Listen to the land. All a crying. Listen to the land. All a crying. Oh, Babylon's a fallen, a fallen, a fallen. Babylon's a fallen, arise no more. Babylon's a fallen, a fallen, a fallen. Babylon's a fallen, arise no more. Fallen, 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 fallen. Oh, Babylon's a fallen, a fallen, a fallen, Babylon's a fallen to rise no more. Here is the way that Dr. McGee explains these verses. Reformation is no good. You can quit doing many things, but that won't make you a Christian. If everyone in the world would quit sinning right now, there wouldn't be any more Christians 
in the next minute or in the next day. Because quitting sin doesn't make Christians. So we see in verse 45 what takes place in the hearts of those who have undergone self-reformation. They have cleaned up their act, but they are still empty. They are like a vacant house, and all the evil spirits have to do is move in. The devil owns them, but they don't recognize this fact. Reformation means death and destruction. What is needed is regeneration. This will bring life and liberty. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Beware, Jesus said, of the attitude of neutrality regarding God and Christ. He was speaking to the crowd, including the Pharisees. He who is not with me is against me, he told them in chapter 12 of Matthew, verse 30. I focused on that a few days ago. Today I come to the words of Jesus recorded in Matthew 12, 43 to 45, where Jesus amplifies on the dangers of this attitude of neutrality. He says, When an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean and kept in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that man is worse than the first. This is how it will be with this wicked generation. Apparently many in the crowd to which Jesus spoke were attempting to be neutral about him. They kept requiring signs. They either couldn't see or just didn't want to see. They wouldn't open themselves up to the truth and to Jesus who is truth embodied. They just could not or would not accept the truth that a greater than Jonah or a wiser than Solomon had come, the Messiah, God himself. In attempting to be neutral, they really stood against Jesus. Now here was a man in whom a demon had taken up residence. Perhaps by some godly Jews, the demon had been expelled. The man had been cleaned up like this house, swept and cleaned. But nothing had taken its place. No one had moved in. The house was empty. We aren't given all the details, but perhaps the man had attempted to live a clean, decent life. He may have been religious. But there had been no supernatural rebirth. He hadn't received Christ's new life by the Spirit of God. Perhaps he made only a confession. He attempted to remain neutral. He didn't want a dose of the real thing. Now Jesus explains what happens. The expelled evil spirit, not finding a place to lodge or a person to indwell, returns and finds a clean house ready to move in. It does so and brings seven other evil spirits with it. The final condition of the man is worse than the first. Here is the result of an attempt to remain neutral about Jesus. Now this is Jesus' illustration of this statement in verse 30. He who is not with me is against me. To make a half-hearted attempt at receiving Christ but leaving the heart open, 
is an invitation to greater evil to take over. That's the danger of an attempt at neutrality when it concerns Jesus. There are all kinds of attempts at substitutes for the real thing. Neutrality is expressed in different ways. There is the attempt at reformation in morals and ethics. There is the attempt at doing good deeds. That's always a tempting one for us humans. Without Christ, that is nothing more than an attempt at neutrality. Such neutrality regarding Christ may be a comforting substitute, but according to Jesus, it leads to disaster. Neutrality only lulls a person to sleep. All attempts to be neutral about Jesus are doomed to fail. They may be comforting, but they are not only useless but disastrous, according to Jesus. Neutrality seeks to ignore the opposites. It tries to engage in a policy of disengagement. It seeks to apply equal negative and positive forces, forces from both directions. But with Christ, such attempts spell disaster. Neither positive nor negative when it comes to Christ is not neutral, but it is negative in the extreme. It would be better to deny the Lord outright than to profess nauseous neutrality. While the primary point of these words of Jesus is not to inform us about evil spirits, yet he does give us some interesting information about them. It should be noted that evil spirits are real, and they do possess people. I do believe, however, that a person who has the life of Christ and who is therefore indwelt by the Holy Spirit cannot be indwelt or possessed by an evil spirit. Every Christian has all of the Spirit of God. For the Spirit of God to dwell with an evil spirit in the same house is impossible. But evil spirits in the form of demons do sometimes possess some unsaved people. It is a fact, too, that evil spirits do not want to be unclothed. That is, they prefer to possess a material body of some kind. We don't know exactly why. Perhaps so that they can better manipulate people and material things. Perhaps I'm too matter-oriented, but it is difficult for me to see how bodiless mind can manipulate material things. But through a material person, such manipulation is possible. Apparently, there is nothing satisfying about being bodiless mind and they can do more damage when embodied. Even for the Christian, when his or her body dies, the spirit does not want to be unclothed, but it wants a body and will receive a new body. That's part of the reason for the bodily resurrection, to clothe the spirit. Back to the primary point of Jesus' words here. No one can be neutral about Jesus. Neutrality is possible in many ways, but it is not possible when it comes to the claims of Christ. If you are not for him, then, by the nature of the case, you are against him. By not choosing him, you have already chosen against him. You can't just do nothing about Jesus. By doing nothing, you have already declared your position of opposition. That's why it's so crucial not to postpone the most important decision of a lifetime, Joshua said, choose this day whom you will serve. 
New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.